Well, I want to go back to this series scripture in 2 Corinthians 2.14. You might even have it memorized by now. It says this, But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Now I want to point out that uh, God is all-powerful but is also all-knowing. So when this scripture was given to Paul by the Holy Spirit to preserve for us, God already knew about everything that would happen even in our day. And so the point is, there is no little phrase here, no pandemic asterisk that says, no, I'm not going to lead you in triumph during times like that. No, we're promised triumphal procession even in things that are deemed terrible and horrible in terms of the world, in terms of what's going on. You know, to God, uh, he has one mindset, and that is triumph, that is victory for you. He wants you to live in triumph. The Bible does tell us that the thief cometh not before to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil has schemes to steal. He has schemes to kill and destroy nations and ethnic groups and families and churches and individuals. That's why he comes. But I want you to notice the word scheme and plan and intrigue. That's the key today. What is the devil's best against us? What would be the absolute devil's best against you and me? It would be for you and me to, to be you know, subject to and let the devil succeed in us beginning to do his bidding and his will. That would be his best because that is how he operates. What do I mean? I mean he can't do anything in this realm without human partnership and human cooperation. That's the way it's been from day one, from the earliest narrative that we have in the Word of God, going back to Genesis and the story of Cain and Abel. He has to have human agency to do what he wants to do. And that's why he's behind the scenes scheming and trying to do his best to get people to do his will. That's how he operates. Well, the COVID-19 is a scheme. And it's a scheme to destroy entities simultaneously, people, families, nations, businesses, churches. It is a scheme. In other words, no man or woman has enough intelligence on their own to orchestrate COVID-19, the situation that we call COVID-19 as a virus. In fact, there is, however, one being with enough seductive power to direct the intellect, will, and mouth of many men and women around the world to do his bidding, and that is Satan. The real culprit behind the curtain, pulling the strings, manipulating people, pushing people to do his will, pushing people to let him use their mouth and their will and their actions, their behavior to accomplish what he wants. He's the one behind the curtain actually doing this. You know, some folks will say, well, you know, there is no conspiracy theory. Well, I would say there is. They're just focused on the wrong one. In reality, this is scriptural and historical reality. The devil has been involved in a conspiracy from the very beginning, all the way to heaven until he was thrown out to his temptation on this planet. He continues to try to thwart God's best in God's plan. So there is a conspiracy, but it's a conspiracy of the enemy behind the line manipulating people, pushing them, prodding them to do what he wants them to do. He hates life. He hates liberty. He hates prosperity. He loves misery, war, famine, pestilence, and death. We know God by his actions. We can look at a sunrise or a sunset or a mountain range or a body of water. We can look at his animals. We can look at his creative footprint and we can say that God is good by his very creative nature. We can look at the devil and know that he is destructive by nature, by all the things that he comes to tear up. And that's constantly what he tries to do. Tear up what God has said is good, what God wants to do, his plan 
in this world. He is the great manipulator. He is the great con artist. His job is to coerce the will of others to conform your will to his. And that's why I want you to understand that when you live that way, trying to bend other people to your will, you're acting more like the enemy than you are the one that bought and saved you. So if you've been in the habit of doing that, controlling people, manipulating people, trying to get them to do what you want, even if you're using Christian prayer to do it, if you're, if you're functioning that way, you're functioning in a very dangerous place because that's, that is the essence of how the enemy functions and has functioned from the very beginning in this planet. For example, the devil didn't make Cain kill Abel, but he suggested it. In other words, there was human agency involved, but there was demonic inspiration behind it. The devil didn't commit Herod's massacre of the boys in Jesus' day when he was born, up to two years old, but he certainly you know, encouraged it. The devil didn't murder the males in Egypt, but he certainly was behind in terms of thoughts. The devil didn't put Jesus on a cross and have him you know, persecuted and have him beat at the pole. No, but he certainly put it in the heart and the mind of the Romans and also into the Jews to make this happen. What he didn't know, and if he had known, this was God's plan to redeem mankind and set us free. Scripture tells us if he had a clue, he wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. The devil didn't personally gas six million Jews and others during World War II, but he certainly inspired those that did to do those evil deeds. The devil didn't fight or start World War II, but he certainly instigated the, the circumstances and the people driving those circumstances that caused it. The devil didn't create COVID-19, but he is the one behind the chorus of ignorance and arrogance and strife right now in this nation. If you don't believe that, go to social media, go on any television station, go on any outlet, you'll see strife, run amok. Wherever you see strife and division, you'll find that is the devil behind the scenes. So he wasn't the one in a lab, or he wasn't the one in a wet market. He wasn't the one in a hospital, but he's the one behind the scenes pulling the strings, doing things. And as long as you and I are resigned to fight this thing in the natural as long as we're relying to talk about just politicians or just talk about you know, health experts or, or just talk about origins, we're missing the whole point. The origin can be traced back to old Slewfoot. It comes to kill, steal, and destroy. No, he didn't create COVID-19, but he certainly knows how to get people to do it and get people to get behind the situation. We're not just the problem of the virus is an issue, but the response is an issue. Yes, he's also behind the, the measured and, and, and terrible decisions that are being made and decisions that are quite uh, ridiculous in terms of our rights as citizens and our understanding in terms of the Word of God. I haven't said a lot about those things. I think we need to be respectable. At the same time, there comes a day when a child of God says, now wait a minute, I'm an American citizen and I'm also a child of the Most High God. I know what is right and I know what is wrong. And what's going to happen now is as people begin to understand who's really behind this, they're going to rise up with great power and authority and boldness to deal with this thing in the realm where it can be defeated. Not in the realm of politics, not in the realm of the houses, the legislature, the courts, in the realm of the spirit, that's where it has to be fought and won. How does Satan use, or how does Satan execute his best on people to get them to do his will? Well, first of all, he influences the person. This is what you'd call evil seduction. Bend them in the right way. Bend them away from what is right, bend them away from good influences, and bend them towards his evil seduction and influence. Number two, inspire that person. Give them an evil vision. 
Give them a picture of what they're supposed to do and let them then pursue that particular picture. See, the devil's not actually doing the deeds. He's inspiring the deeds. Instruct, number three, the person in life with evil plans. Instruct them what to do step by step. Give them what to say. Give them a talking point list. You know, give them something they should do. Give them some kind of reaction. Give them some kind of influence. Give them some kind of intrigue and schemes. You see, there are a lot of players involved in the COVID-19 situation, but behind them all is a puppet master. Some of them knowingly are on the strings. Some of them unknowingly are on those strings. But in reality, they're still a lot of people being controlled by that puppet master. And then fourth, if this goes on long enough, he can indwell the person with evil occupation. We see this happening ultimately with Satan. Satan first influenced and inspired Judas, you know, to betray Jesus. But there came a day that the Last Supper that night, Satan literally entered into him. And that's the danger here of letting Satan influence and inspire and instruct you. It can go all the way into the place of indwelling or possession. Let me just talk about for a moment the marginalization of the church during this season because this is one of the goals of the enemy. If you sense that there seems to be a disparate restriction on the church during this season, you're not paranoid. It's not your imagination. It's actually happening. You know, when somebody drives into a parking lot service and people write $500 tickets just for being there, the church is being marginalized and attacked unnecessarily and unfairly. In Kansas City, when the leaders there decide that they want the pastors to produce a list of all the people that attend the services so they can track them, it's sounding very Orwellian. It's sounding very much more consistent with the Gestapo than with you know, our values and our leadership and the way we've been believed you know, been brought up to believe our republic should work. Where is this stuff coming from? Nobody just said, I think this would be a great idea. Being inspired, they're being instructed, they're being directed, and some of them don't even know what's going on. Talk about this for just a moment. Um, Kelly and I were talking about this, and, uh, you know, uh, in Pharaoh's day, Moses said, we're supposed to go and worship as God has described and prescribed for us to worship. Pharaoh came back and said, go worship, but you're going to do it the way I want you to do it. Now, whenever you see that spirit of the world telling the church how it's supposed to worship, that is not of God. That is not of the spirit of God. That's a dangerous thing. Ultimately, he released them to go worship their God the way they were prescribed by God. See, it's not how the world or the government prescribes you can worship. It's how God prescribes you to worship. And that's an important point as we deal with this situation. Same thing happened in China. You can have a church in China. You can have a service in China. But first you have to apply to be a state-sponsored and approved church in China. That's how it works. You see, when the state begins to move in and tell you how you can and cannot worship, and incidentally, if you don't do that, they'll come and level your building to the ground. A church running tens of thousands, their building was destroyed because it wasn't an officially state-sponsored church. That's where this goes if you're not careful. Incrementally giving up your rights as a child of God and as a citizen of this nation, you say, well, Christians shouldn't care about their rights. They should just care about people because people are hurting and dying and suffering. People were hurting and dying and suffering long before this. Can I tell you this? Paul didn't hesitate to use his rights as a Roman citizen when it advanced the gospel of Jesus Christ 
And we shouldn't be ashamed to, you know, cry out about our rights when somehow we're being diminished in our ministry and our mission. That's the example in Scripture. You know, just to kind of soapbox here for a moment, I've never understood churches and, and preachers and leaders saying, oh, don't pay any attention, you know, with the policy or politics or politicians. Just preach the gospel. That's why we're here. When I read my Bible, I find prophets and teachers and men of God and women dressing down and rebuking leaders left and right throughout the pages of the Word of God. So I don't know what Bible you're reading that says that we should just shut up and put up with it. That's not what the Word says at all. We should lift our voice. And child of God, if you hear somebody telling you to shut up, you just be like blind Bartimaeus and lift up your voice all the more. Because you are a child of God, a citizen of heaven, but you also have rights, rights that particularly serve the advancement of the gospel. And somebody begins to infringe upon those rights, you shouldn't just say, well, that's just the way it is. No, you should lift your voice up. The right to assemble, the right to free speech, the right to worship, these are fundamental, and you shouldn't yield those to anyone under any circumstances. Think about this for a moment. If we don't do what the world wants us to do, they begin to shame us. They shame the Christians. How, how dare you want to go to church and, and somehow, you know, expose all these people. Well, you know, I've been in uh, these, uh, you know, home stores, you know, during this COVID crisis for various reasons. And I noticed that there's hundreds of cars parked out there. And somehow you can catch COVID at church, but you can't catch it at Walmart or Lowe's. You have to explain that to me. You see, there's more going on here than meets the eye. And it's not in flesh and blood. It's in demonic activity behind this situation. If they can't shame us, they'll blame us. It's our fault. You know, I'll say this again, when someone came into our town and attended a local church who had COVID and then gave that COVID virus to somebody else, you know, and then everybody began to blame that church. I won't even name the church or the situation, but I can tell you this, when one church is attacked or blamed or shamed like this, it's an attack on all of the household of faith. This is a device of the enemy to shame and to blame and to marginalize. Nero did the same thing, burn it to the ground and then blame the Christians for it. It's the same thing, the same spirit of Nazi Germany. The Jews are to blame for this. If we get rid of the Jews, then everything will be great. Child of God, you need to walk in wisdom. You need to be as wise as a serpent and as harmless as a dove in this situation because there is a real warfare going on. It's not your imagination. There is a conspiracy, but it's in the spirit realm. The one holding the strings is the one behind the curtain. Nobody seems to be paying any attention to in this particular hour and in this particular season. Let me just go on and say this. If they can't shame them and blame them, then they'll frame the Christians. So I want you to be aware that marginalizing the church is part of this. So what you need to do is resist that and not become part of the problem. Don't become part of the problem and say, well, Christians should just do whatever they're told, shut up and, and be good little soldiers. No, you should be complying with the word of God and with the spirit of God first and foremost. And to the extent that our, our leadership and government authorities do not contradict the word of God, then it's easy for us to comply. When we begin to be told that we can't worship or we have to worship the way they think we should worship, now we've got a problem. And now we have to lift our voices and say, you know what? We are not going to let another Pharaoh tell us we can't worship the way our God has commanded us to worship. Moving right along here, let me just give you a brief history of the devil's best, the way he has operated down through time. The devil did his best against Adam and Eve, but notice it wasn't the devil that ate the fruit. They did. They did the physical act. He was just the inspiration behind the act. The devil did his best against Cain. 
The Bible even said that God showed up to Cain. You know, you know, sin is crouching at your door and you must master it. Even in that situation, the devil did his best against Cain. The devil didn't take up a rock and hit that brother in the head. You know, Cain did. What does that tell you? It tells you that he is behind the scenes instructing, inspiring people to do things that line up with his will. The devil's best is to get you to do what he wants you to do. And if you're not careful, you can slip into this very easily if you stray from a spiritual understanding of these circumstances, if you stray from prayer, if you stray from the Word of God. Number three, the devil did his best against Jesus. You know, tried to tempt him and get him on his team, but Jesus did not yield to it because of his prayer life and because of his word level. He was able to push that back. But the goal was the same. The goal was the devil's best was to try to get Jesus to do what the devil wanted him to do. Then fourth today, the devil did his best against Peter. And for a season, he succeeded. He did deny the Lord three times. But the good news is he turned around and came back to the Lord, which tells you and me that you and I can be captive to his will and break free from that by the grace of God. And of course, Peter begins to be and ultimately a great champion for God and for the things of God. You know, the Bible says that Satan hath desired, you know, to sift thee as wheat. What does that mean? He's tried to sift you to get you to do what he wants you to do. The devil's best against Peter was to get Peter to line up with the devil against the principles and the things and the will of God. That's how this works. The devil did his best, you know, against Judas. Originally putting in his heart to betray the Lord. In the end, he outright possessed him. But you know, the situation here is different from Peter. He didn't come back. He didn't return from that particular situation. He eventually takes his own life. Can you see, and I can give you dozens and dozens of examples from the Word and dozens and dozens of examples in contemporary society where the devil was behind manipulating and pushing and prodding, getting people to do the dirty work, getting people to do the physical work, but he's the one inspiring and instructing behind the scenes. You've got to deal with the man behind the curtain if you're going to have victory in your life. Again, what's the devil's best against you to get you day by day to do what he wants you to do rather than what God wants you to do. Well, James 4, 7 gives us a clue how to deal with this situation. It says this very plainly, submit yourselves then to God. That's the first key. This fighting in that other realm won't work unless you're first submitted to God, yielding to him as you should as a child of God. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. We need to be fleeing, you know, he needs to be fleeing from us. We need to stop fleeing from him. We're the ones that are supposed to be walking in victory. He's the one that's supposed to be under our feet. We're not supposed to be under his feet. But a lot of Christians are running around as if they've forgotten who they are and what they can do and what God has given them. You're a child of God. You're a covenant child of God. You have authority. You have great warfare weapons. You have the ability to deal with this thing. But you have to realize the key lies in first submitting to God. God and then resisting the devil. Why is this important? Paul talked about this. He said, I've fought the good fight. I've kept the faith. How are you going to overcome the devil's best? Well, you're going to have to have a resistance mindset, and that's made up of several characteristics that I want you to meditate upon today and apply in your life. Yes, there's a conspiracy, but who's behind it all? The enemy who comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. 
first of all, you've got to have a right perception. You've got to discern what's really going on. And you're not going to get that from the news media. You're not going to get that from press briefings. You're not going to get that from politicians. You're only going to get that from time in his word and time in, in God's presence. God's news broadcast is the only one that's accurate 100% of the time. And his good news to you and to me is that it's available if we'll take you know, the time to listen to him. He's the only one that's not going to lie to you about this situation. But Christians, I mean, they'll just run these days with anything, not realizing that they may be part of, of a group that's marginalizing the household of faith rather than advancing the faith of Jesus Christ and the mission of the church. Be careful whose side you choose in a spiritual war like this. You need to have the right perception. You need to resist. You know, I, I love Keith Moore because his teaching is, is consistently solid and impactful. If you listen, it's going to challenge you. It's going to, it's going to minister you. It's going to you know, really deal with the heart of the believer. And he said this powerful phrase several years ago. He said, two of the most important things you'll ever need to know in life is what to resist and what to yield to. And what he said is there are too many people yielding to things they should be resisting and resisting things they should be yielding to. Now, to do this correctly, to resist what you should be resisting and yield to what you should be yielding to, you're going to have to have a right perception in this situation. And that's not going to come from all these other voices and white noise out there. It's going to come only from the Lord through His Word and by His Spirit. Number two, the right realm. We fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. We fight in another realm. And as long as you're content to fight on Facebook, you know, and fight with people in the news and fight with people, you know, in Walmart, you know, there's a real spirit behind this. How else, child of God, do you explain how a father can take his daughter to a park and play catch and be arrested in that situation, in the United States of America. How do you explain somebody in California, out on the water, paddle boarding, completely isolated socially, and they use a speedboat, a police speedboat, to chase him down and arrest him? In Alabama, how do you explain a mother who refuses, because of health reasons, to wear a mask, is body slammed in a Walmart. Can you see what's going on? Nobody would do these things in their right mind. These same people wouldn't do these things even a few weeks or months ago. It's a real spiritual warfare, but it's not in the natural. They're not acting like themselves. They're not functioning the way they're supposed to. Something has come on people to do the things that they're doing. And if you just kind of just take pot shots at it or just complain about it, nothing's going to happen. You need to deal with this thing in the right realm. And I hope people will come to their senses. And I hope some of these people that are doing these things will come under conviction and realize they've become enemies of the people, of the people they're supposed to be protecting, not coming against, with these spurious overreaches of authority that no constitution in any state and no U.S. Constitution gave them permission to do. But where is the real war? It's in the spirit realm. And if you think it's in the natural realm, you'll just be frustrated and you'll be ineffective to deal with this thing. Number two, or three, rather, it's in the, with the right weapons. You, you resist with the right weapons, not with you know, natural things, but the weapons, the Bible says, of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. Use your binding and loosing power. Use your authority as a believer. Use the prayer of agreement that God has given 
given you. You know, you are what the Bible says you are, and you can do what the Bible says you can do. You have what the Bible says you can have, and one of the things you have is authority and warfare weapons to deal with this situation. The right weapons, not other kinds of weapons that can do nothing. Why? The devil did his best, but he's very vulnerable to spiritual weapons that you and I carry as children of God. The number four, the right condition. You know, you're not going to fight this thing. You're not going to deal with the devil's best to try to get you to do his will, to say what he wants you to say, to get involved with what he wants you to get involved with, to, to communicate the things that he wants you to communicate. You're not going to overcome the devil's best unless you're in the right condition spiritually. You need to be at the top of your game. You need to be in the Word like never before. You need to be in prayer like never before. Well, I can't go to church, so everything's falling apart. No, you know, you, this is where you get trained. This is where you come and you spur one another on to do love and good works. You worship God, but you live this thing out day by day. Your condition needs to be strong. There are three particular situations that happen to believers that can weaken them and allow the devil to come in and do his best, which is to manipulate and then begin to dominate their will. One, of course, is sin. This is a terrible time for you to enter into sin. Listen to me carefully. This is a terrible time for you to compromise your life and do things God doesn't want you to do. Why? Because it will open up a door for the enemy to begin to manipulate your will and begin to do his best on you so your will will line up with his. This is not what you want to be doing anytime, but especially right now. Number two is a thing called strife. Make the decision right now you're not going to enter into strife with anybody over politics, over spirituality, over, over doctrine, over anything, over sports teams. Just stay out of it. The servant of the Lord, the Bible says, must not be in strife. Why? Because the Bible goes on to say that son of the, to the son of the faith of Paul, he says, you know, this is how the devil takes people captive to do his will. He specifically says in Scripture that strife will lead to you doing the devil's will. How can the devil have his best in your life? Just get you into strife. Just get you into a war with somebody. And guess what? That strife with that person, that unforgiveness, that bitterness, it's not producing any victory spiritually because the victory is on the other side of the curtain, not in what's going on with that person. Remember what I said. There are people, lots of them, all corners of, of places in power around the world, and they either knowingly or unknowingly are being pawns of the evil one. You don't want to add your name to that list by becoming a person filled with strife. You've heard a lot about strife and offense in this church. This is one of the reasons why we talk about it, because it is so deadly. We don't want to enter into sin. We don't want to enter into strife. And number three, you don't want to sit around in sorrow during this season because sorrow begins to produce a spiritual condition where you don't have great resistance in your life. You don't have great fervor in your life. You're just sitting there meditating on everything that's been lost instead of thinking about everything that you still have. So whether it is sin or strife or sorrow, don't let the devil use those things to do his best in your life, which is to get you to say and do what he wants you to say and do. I'm just uh, always challenged and, and heartened by, by the example of Jesus. The Bible says he only did what he saw the Father doing, and he only said what he heard the Father say. That's the standard. You see, when you look at this history of the devil's best, our example is not Adam. 
or Cain or Peter or Judas. Our example is Jesus. And if he did it, if he was able to, to push back and defeat the devil's best, then we can as well. He is our example. He is our Lord. He is our Savior. He has given us the tools that we need to keep ourselves out of a place where we're doing what the devil wants. We should have the same mindset, doing what the Father's doing and saying what the Father is saying. That's our mandate, not just any normal time, but especially at a time like this where there's so much misinformation, there's so much error, there's so much deception. You and I need to be sharp in terms of the things of God. The right condition spiritually. You need to be stronger than you've ever been before, more dedicated than you've ever been before. You don't want to limp back into this house of faith in a couple weeks barely hanging on. You want to come back with a spring in your step, the fire of God in your eyes, the healing power of God in your hand, just like Brother Savelle, and be ready to do what you're supposed to do at the miracle capital of the world. You shouldn't have to come in here and have to be nursed back to health for six months. You should be stronger than you've ever been before. But make sure you're resisting what you should be resisting and yielding to what you should be yielding to. And then number five is the right mindset. If you're going to resist with success, you're going to have to have the right mindset. And that means you keep fighting until you win. You get up every day with a warfare mentality. Every single week, every single month, you get up realizing that, yes, the battle is the Lord's, but you are his foot soldier. He has called you to carry out his will, not the devil's will, but God's will. Make sure you have the right mindset. You know, like Brother Copeland said, you know, with God, it's like a baseball game. You know, we play nine innings, 10 innings, 12 innings, 15 innings, 25 innings. We just keep on playing until we win. That's the mindset you want to have. Not until this date or that date, because when this is all said and done, and things return to normal, whatever normal is, guess what? There's still going to be the need for you to have the right mentality because there's still going to be some warfare. There's still going to be some assault going on. The devil will still be trying to lure you in to do his will instead of God's will. Listen, child of God, you know, influence and inspire and instruct and indwell. These are real dangers in this world. It's as simple as the devil telling you, you know what? You should leave that spouse. You know what? You you should find another church. You know what? You should quit that job. You know what? You should just go over here and do what you want to do. You know what? You did. You missed out on fun because you got married too young. You missed out on this. Go do this. Those little subtle jabs aren't coming from God, and they're not even coming from you. They're coming from the other side of the curtain. And what you've got to be prepared to do is shut those things down. When the devil comes to you like you did with Cain, like you did with Adam and Eve, like he did with Peter, like he did with Judas, you've got to be prepared to say, you know what? I don't think so. I'm going to say what God wants me to say. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. You know what God needs right now? He needs people that are stable in the household of faith, constant, consistent, abounding in the work of their father. That's what he needs. So listen very carefully again. If you're going to resist correctly, you need a right perception. You need a right realm, right weapons, a right condition in your spiritual life, and a right mindset. And I just wanted to, to leave you, you know, with some thoughts here about some action steps to you to actually apply this to your life and be more than a conqueror because that's what you have been called to be. So the devil's been pushing and he's been manipulating. He's been trying to get you to do what he wants you to do and trying to get you to say what he wants you to say. But guess what? There are things 
that you can do consistently that will push him back. Number one, stay as close to God as you possibly can. Stay as close to him, stay closer than you've ever been before. This is a time to walk in an apex position with God, not down in the valley and destroyed and defeated and discouraged. Number two, test everything you hear and read against the word of God. Don't be a tool or a fool of the devil. If you think this is just a bunch of people trying to do something the natural, then you miss the mark completely. When you see the level of devastation that's happening right now, 14 plus million people applying for you know, unemployment, when you see what's going on with small businesses, when you see how ministries are affected, when you see the, the hurt and the death and the sickness, you know this is a war of epic proportions. And it's not just on this side of the ocean. Thousands of people gathered in Berlin to protest the restrictive social you know, policies, and you don't even hear about it anywhere in the Western media. How is that possible that that can happen? Because I'm telling you, there is an agenda here, but it's not a flesh and blood. It is in the spirit realm. It is the enemy trying to do his best. So let me announce it again. The devil did his best, but his best not, is not good enough. That needs to be your cry. The devil did his best against me, but his best is not good enough. I'm going to keep on doing what God wants me to do. Number two, test everything you hear and see. Number three, resist what you need to resist the voices that violate your rights and your Heavenly Father's will and what the Word says. You need to separate the earthly from the spiritual in this situation and resist what should be resisted. And then number four, yield to what you should be yielding to. God's Word, God's Spirit, God's direction. How God speaks prophetically through his people and through his leadership. That's where it should be. But so many people, so many Christians are listening to every other voice when you should be listening to the prophets of the household of faith and getting your direction from them. Why? Because you've trusted God and leadership to trust, you know, have trust and care over your soul all these months and years. Now all of a sudden in a crisis like this, you're going to give your ear and attention to somebody that doesn't have a spiritual mindset, that really doesn't care about your welfare. No, reset yourself to yield to what you should be yielding to and resisting what you should be resisting to. And then lastly, maintain that war footing every single day. Every single day, get, you know, put your armor on. Every single day, stay in a place of prayer. Every single day, get into the Word of God. Every single day, make your mind, I'm going to say what He wants me to say. I'm going to do what He wants me to do. I'm not going to become another mouthpiece or instrument in the hands of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy, or at the very least, confuse. Listen, you and I have been subject as well to the devil's best, but praise God, His best isn't good enough. That needs to be your mindset. Now, I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. I want to pray over you specifically in these areas. This is not the occasion where you veer off course and you follow a voice and a master. You follow a different shepherd as a sheep. You know his voice. No, you're going to follow him. And you're going to be more in tune right now than you've ever been before. If you have to, make a course correction. And you need to repent of something, repent. If sorrow's got a hold of you, just break that off in Jesus' name. So you know what? I can experience loss without becoming a tool of the enemy. If you found yourself in strife, repent of it. Ask God to forgive you. And then, then start anew and afresh today the way that God would want you to start, the way that God would have you live in this life. More than a conqueror, victorious. You're an overcomer. This is the year of triumph. But if you're going to have triumph, it means you're going to have to overcome something. And listen to me, child of God, you are overcoming the best 
the devil has. The best attack, the best strategy. Listen, he did his best, but his best isn't good enough because you're not going to do what he wants you to do or say what he wants you to say.